0: The text for our sermon for this, the last Sunday of the church here, is the gospel reading that was just read. In particular, the thief uh, to Jesus' side who said, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today on this, the last Sunday of the church here, as we look back and remember the, the Christian church here, the calendar, Today we remember that the thief on the cross is an example of faith for us in multiple ways. He shows us how to confess the Christ in the midst of facing our own death. He also teaches us how to confess our sins each day. And he also teaches us that Christ hears our prayers and promises us deliverance. On this last Sunday of the church year, we have before us three men on death row. They know they're in the last moments of their lives. Their calendars are coming to an end. The gods that they've worshipped their whole life are now on stage. Will their gods, that which they've centered their lives upon, save them? Not only are their gods on trial for them, but we also learn about the crowds, the crowds who are seeing death before them, seeing a terrible sight, so too we hear a confession from the crowds about who their gods are. You can hear the crowd as they shout, confess who their god is. A lot of times, that's, well, that is when we call upon our gods. When we invoke their name, is when we are facing certain death. What is it that the crowd fears most? As you listen to them shouting and yelling at Jesus and these two thieves, they fear suffering the most. They fear death the most. Listen to what they say. They. They say, save yourself and save us. You are suffering. If you are a God, if you are a God worth anything at all, you'll be able to end suffering, and then you'll be able to end suffering for us. When they say, are you the anointed one? Are you the Christ? If so, come down off that cross. They want Jesus to come down off the cross without dying to avoid all suffering and death. And this is why the Roman government, which was very spiritual, they had gods of many numbers. This is why the Roman government and all governments, for that matter, used the death penalty against criminals because death is the ultimate power play. Who's going to save you from us? We are the God. When they mocked Jesus, they were saying, Your God can't stop Caesar. Look what Caesar's doing to you. Call upon your God if he is really a true God. If you are a king, save yourself. Because you see, unbelievers and pagans, they hate crosses. They hate crosses because cross brings suffering. And I don't think our world is too different nowadays, either. What is the worst thing that can possibly happen to a person now, in the opinion of the world? They suffer. They suffer, and then what is the end? Death. They hate suffering and death because they fear that more than God. So what is their God then? What is the God of those calling to Jesus to end all suffering? It, it sounds nice, but their God is pleasure. And I think in our day and age too, as true to human nature is, pleasure is our God as well. That we are willing to compromise on anything as long as it will end our suffering. We have before us two ways today to receive our crosses, to receive our suffering. First, there is the way of unbelief. There is the way of unrepentance, where we want to leave our crosses. We want to avoid all suffering at all costs. But then there's the second way. There is a second way to bear suffering, Carry our cross. And that is the way of fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And as we celebrate today, the last Sunday of the church here, it kind of helps to consider this as sort of New Year's Eve of church. I can't help but reflect upon the church's readings today. And kind of keep in the back of my mind also kind of how we approach New Year's Eve, that last day of our calendar year. As December 31st approaches, or as we're contemplating it, we reflect on the year that is coming to a close. We remember the ups, the downs, the good, the bad. We pause and reflect. It's very much what people do by nature when they see death. Or when we're faced with death. If New Year's Eve doesn't get you to pause and reflect on your life, impending death certainly does. So, in this regard, we can kind of look at the end of the church year as a little death, a time to pause and to consider our life and how we carry our cross how we carry our various crosses. The end of the church year takes us to the cross. You heard it. The pinnacle of Christianity, while one might be tempted to think on the last day of the church year, we, we should hear about Jesus' resurrection, we should hear about Jesus' ascension into heaven, how he says he's always with us, but no. The end of the church here, the pinnacle of Christianity is as St. Paul said, I came to you to confess Christ and him crucified. Because the cross that we consider today, not just our own, but the cross that has God himself on it, today the cross has meaning, a cross with God upon it, a cross where God is fully exposed to the world, where he has nothing to hide, where he says, if you want to know me, look here. But as we see and even look at our crucifix here in the sanctuary, we remember that when Christ died, he was not alone. Remember, there were two others with him, and they were bearing their crosses. There was one to his left and one to his right. Now, we don't know a whole lot about them. Perhaps they were partners in crime. Perhaps they were being crucified for a crime they committed together. For one of the thieves, he says, We are receiving the due reward of our deeds. So they seem to know each other. But consider what what he just said. What a picture of confession of sin. Do you think you could hang with this criminal in the midst of carrying your crosses, your daily struggles, and even the, the big and heavy ones? Do you think you could hang with this thief That even as you are suffering, you can confess that you deserve what you're getting. Because you have committed crimes. Crimes before God. Crimes before one another. Because you see, this criminal, he is in a a strange way a role model for you. He realizes he's guilty of his crime in the human court but also before God, and he confesses. Consider this. These two criminals, they're both facing the end of their lives, a sort of New Year's Eve, if you will, an end to their calendars. Death has interrupted their plans, and that's how death is. God doesn't wait for you to get your matters straight before he calls you to himself. God doesn't plan your death around your golf game or your vacations. These two criminals did not have this date on their calendars. They would not see the sunrise. They had plans and dreams that would forever remain unfilled. Their families would never see them alive again. This is how they were going to see them in their last days. But for the one criminal, in this death, he is finding true life. Although neither of these men would have chosen to be nailed upon a cross, God is indeed bringing them to himself in a most unusual way. For how else would these two thieves have found themselves in the presence of God himself? Look at what it took, the plain exposure of their sin. They're stripped of all protection. Everything that they had put their trust in has been stripped away from them. Where are their gods now? Laid bare before God and all creation, their sins are there for everyone to see. I mean, we do everything we can to hide our sins, to run away from them. We have a disagreement with a fellow Christian or a friend of ours or family, and the problem is always them. I have no sins, it's you. Running from your cross, that's what that is. The problem is never me. No, you're running from your cross. Jesus, as we hear, as they are crucifying him, Jesus prays for his enemies Do you pray for your enemies? Running from your cross. Do you avoid people you don't like and would rather gossip about them? Running from your cross. Would you rather avoid suffering at all costs rather than laying down your life for those who God has called you to serve, your family, your friends, your church? Running from your cross. There are many times we are right there with the other thief on Jesus' side, where we say, I don't deserve my cross. I'm going to climb down off this cross and end my suffering because I don't deserve this. I'm being, being treated unjustly. God, it's your fault. How you justify yourself now in this life is practice for how we will justify ourselves when we carry our last and heaviest cross of death. Every Sunday we come here and we confess our sins before God and one another, and we tend to take this so lightly. It becomes just a reflex. But I'm telling you, this is practice. I mean, yes, we confess our sins to God in real time, but it's a discipline that's meant to help you practice. For when you do stand before God, When you are face to face with death, and you say, Father, forgive me. Jesus said, for if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? If you cannot confess your sins while you are not facing death, when the wood is green, when life seems green and good, what will you do when you have no energy emotionally Or physically? What are you going to do when you are sick? When all the false gods you've trusted in your whole life are taken away from you? When God brings you to Himself in a most unusual way? When your crosses lead you to Christ's cross? When you are there hanging with Him? A child of God does not run from their crosses. But gladly carries them. Only because we know that Jesus Christ has carried the cross of all crosses. And he did this for you. This brings us to the second thief whose God is also on stage. Will the second thief, will his God save him? The second thief, he doesn't blame the other criminal them being there? Oh, only a few would have driven the getaway car faster. (laughs) He receives his cross with faith in who Christ is. He confesses he does not attempt to justify himself, but he lets his God save him. He lets his God speak on his behalf. While everyone was worried about this life and avoiding suffering and death, the faithful thief avoided the true death of unbelief. For that is the worst thing that can happen to us. Suffering is not the worst thing. But unbelief is. The second thief avoided the true death by dying to sin. For that's truly the worst thing that can happen to us is unbelief. And so today as we see Jesus on the cross, we see the true meaning of the passage that Paul teaches us today from Colossians when Paul says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, that in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God was pleased to dwell in Christ so that he may die in your place so that God himself would take all of your sins and die with them. By nature, we run from our crosses. We we daily, by nature, will say what that thief says, Christ, get me off this cross. But by nature, Christ runs to the cross, and he gladly picks it up and says, these sins are mine. God was pleased to dwell on the cross, and at the cross, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting our sins against us. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. And in that very moment, the Father was answering Jesus' prayer. He did this by handing over His Son to death. Yes, today we, we hear and we remember this past year have we, how we've neglected to pick up our crosses and follow Christ? But this is the purpose of our crosses, to point us to our need for someone who never turns from the cross, Christ. And his heavenly Father, evermore from now unto eternity, is always seeing his Son's cross, not your sins. So now that Christ has indeed picked up our cross, our sins, our guilt has been taken away, We rejoice in crosses. Since the death of Christ has paid for our sins and delivered us from all guilt and danger, no longer are you guilty for dropping your crosses. You are forgiven. You are dead to sin, but alive in Christ. And if you think of it, each of us has had our own little personal New Year's Eve at the baptismal font. St. Paul says that in baptism, we were crucified with Christ in a death like His, so that we have a resurrection like His. In today's reading, we see that repentant thief, he has kind of his own baptism. He is crucified with Christ. He's given new life and a new beginning. Today, he will be with me in paradise you've been given a new beginning in Christ too. Just as surely as that water has been poured over your head in the name of the crucified God, this was nothing you did but purely Christ's doing. Just as he brought the thief to the cross, Christ brings you to the baptismal font. The one who did not flee from his cross, but took it up in faith and trust in his Father, He says He will see you through all of your crosses. His Holy Spirit will help you to carry your crosses as uncomfortable and as hard as they might be. He will carry you. The only way we can faithfully carry our crosses is if we first fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, So for us Christians, each day, it's like a New Year's Day, a new day to rise, a new day to start new because he's erased all of our sins. All of your past sins are gone. Jesus raised from the dead also has you there with him, even now, even before you die. Jesus says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.